1: Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. Welcome to Healthy Matters, presented by Hennepin Healthcare, a network of neighborhood clinics, specialty centers, hospital, and Minnesota's Level 1 Adult and Pediatric Trauma Center. Please remember we can only give general medical advice during the program, and every case is unique. We urge you to consult with your personal physician if you have health concerns. Now, here's Denny Law with your host, Dr. David Hilden, internal medicine physician with Hennepin
2: Healthcare with more Healthy Matters. And good morning. Welcome to this edition of Healthy Matters. Uh, Dr. David Hilden is your host and he is back.
3: Good morning. Nice to see you again. Good morning, Denny. I, but I, You've been I forgot on assignment. I've been gone, haven't I? Did yeah, you? I've been on assignment all right. I was in Washington, D.C., uh-huh. Um, um, roaming the halls of the Capitol on behalf of our physician organization, so that was, that was nice. And then last week, I was just visiting our hoodlum daughter in L.A.
2: Oh, uh-huh. how's she doing? She's
3: doing great. She loves it. We went to a place we've never been. She's an actor. She's an actor. She is. And um, uh, she, she will be angry at me for saying this, but she has a little teeny two-second facial part in the new Godzilla movie. You were telling me about that. <laughs> I, so she, she'll be mad at me for that. It's an uncredited part, but it, there is a scene in this Godzilla movie <laughs> <laughs> where. where um, She's there, and so my mom, my dad, my wife, my, her, her brother, we all went to see Godzilla, which you, you, I hope you like. Oh, it's mountains. out now. Oh, it's out. It came out the other day, so we went and saw, saw Godzilla. You sit through it a few times? We, no, <laughs> we sat through it once, for, which for my wife was one time probably too many. <laughs> well, good for her. Yeah, so anyway, we were, we were visiting her in L.A. Thank you to my colleagues who filled in. Thank you to the pharmacist who did the show two weeks ago. Thank you to Sam Ives who filled in ably as he always does um, last Absolutely. week, and I am indeed back. Well, we have
2: a, a big topic today that uh, that I know is going to bring in a lot of phone calls and text messages. Uh, and uh, when you tell us what it's going to be, then I'll give the information about okay. how to contact. Okay, sounds
3: good. We're talking about your hearing today, hearing loss and hearing and what how you might know if you need help with that and how you might get evaluated. So that's what we're going to talk about. Do you want to give the phone Yeah, let's do that because I, know, I
2: know we'll be busy. So before you introduce your guest, 651-989-9226. If you have a question either for yourself or someone you care about, about hearing loss, 651 989 Text is
3: 81807. What did you bring with you? Today? So I have Megan McCoy um, in the studio today. She is a physician assistant with a specialty in um, ear, nose, and throat. That would be ENT. Or for the, for the nerdy kind of in honor of the spelling bee, that would be an otolaryngology department. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Megan, thanks for being on the show. Of course. Um, this is, um, Megan's been with Hennepin for how long? Five years. Okay, so tell us about yourself a little bit so we get to know who you are and what the heck you do. How'd you <laughs> land in Minneapolis? Sure.
0: So I am originally from New York, Long Island, uh, and I went to college at the University of Miami in Florida, where I met the love of my life. And I went to PA school. I moved back to the Bronx for PA school, went to Mercy, New York, and Nate was in Illinois at the University of Illinois, Champaign, getting his PhD. I've so heard I, of them. Yeah. Another Big Ten school. (laughs) So I moved out there when I finished, and he finished up his school and got a job. He's tenure track here at the University of Minnesota, which I learned – Recently, is also called the U, which yeah, it is the U. Well, but but the University of Miami is the U, and it's got
3: that big U. And on it its has helmet.
0: the right, of course. That's yeah. how what everybody knows is the U. So uh, I was a little confused when I got here, but yeah, no, we're we're here now. We're very happy.
3: You like it here? Love it. And so you're. A, so I do have to say about that. I didn't know other universities call themselves the U.
0: They don't. I it's thought we just, were the U. No, it's just the University of Miami, and apparently Minnesota.
3: Oh yeah. Okay. yeah. Which, so is, we'll, which is weird. We'll re-educate you, Megan. We'll re. <laughs> educate you on the correct on the correct you know which school is really the you you should
0: be the m though it's an m right
3: oh yeah whatever no i don't know but they just call us the U, and it's you know, know. my alma mater a few times over so you know sure right so, so you're here in minnesota uh-huh. you um you do ent yep tell us about that
0: yeah so ent ear nose and throat um i specialize everybody every otolaryngology uh otolaryngologist specializes in all three um, as a PA, I do general ENT, and so a little bit of each. Um, physicians can subspecialize in ENT. So we have, you know, head and neck cancer specialists, facial plastic specialists, neurotologists, which specialize um, in just ears. Um, and so at, at Hennepin, we have kind of a nice mix of, of everybody. So there's six physicians and two PAs along with five audiologists at our practice um, who do the hearing tests.
3: That sounds awesome. I think I've had a few of the, uh, well, I know I have. Um, I've had a couple of the audiologists in past years yeah. on the show. Uh-huh. Um, and so we we talked about hearing us. It's been a couple of years, I think, since we've had that conversation. Uh, so in your practice, tell me what you see.
0: So I see everything. I see children, I see adults, um, every type of problem, you know, above the collarbone will come and see us. I would say probably ears are a majority of what I see, mostly because um, general practitioners don't have the ability to do hearing tests. They can do like hearing screenings and things like that, which are nice if they're normal. Um, But we actually have the audiologists who are, you know, masters and and doctor trained uh, providers who put you in a soundproof booth and can really get to the nitty gritty and find out what's going on. So...
3: My guess is that a great number of our listeners are, um, uh, this is, it pertains to them. Hearing loss is just so common. So, listeners, turn up your radios.
0: <laughs> right.
3: If you can't hear us, turn up your radios. We're going to give you some advice about what to do about that. So, hearing loss specifically, mm-hmm. common problem?
0: Very common. It's estimated that about 50 million Americans suffer from hearing loss, and there's about 200,000 new cases every year um of of all ages and you know that includes children who are born deaf or develop hearing loss as they get older and of course the aging population which we know uh tends to suffer from hearing
3: That's loss That's huge so you know a lot of people say this word to me say well yeah, I can't hear quite as well, but it's just normal. I'm getting older. But it's not particularly – It's not
0: – I mean, yes – It's lose, common. It's common, and, and we do lose our hearing as we get older, but it, that would be equivalent to an older person saying, yeah, you know, can't move around because of arthritis. That's normal. Well, it's not normal. Um, there's, hearing loss is expected as we age. You know, mm-hmm. our nerves tend to get a little bit weaker and, and die off. Um it's certainly not normal, and I have plenty of older people who have great hearing, normal hearing.
3: Is that the um, main thing that causes? And I'm talking specifically in people who are getting older and sure. their hearing's going. Is it neurologic? It is.
0: Well, it's it's nerve damage. Yeah, it's just it's progressive weakness of the hearing nerve. Um, and there's a few things that will make that worse for some people. Noise exposure, of course, is the big one. So if you um, lived your life around loud noise as a factory worker or a truck driver. Um, you're more likely to get some hearing loss. There's also a genetic component. So if you had parents and grandparents who wore hearing aids, there's a good chance that you will as well. So
3: What about rock concerts?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So that's, I always think I'm doomed one day. You know? you know, Although I didn't do a whole lot, but I, as listeners know, I've done my fair share of Bruce Springsteen concerts.
0: <laughs> it doesn't take a lot. It, <laughs> it doesn't, does, does, it does it? It does not take a lot to, to get some degree of hearing loss.
3: What about short-term exposures? Like um, I've had a lot of listeners over the years call and say I was in the infantry, um, yeah. and so I had firearms. Yep. Can short-term exposures like to firearms?
0: Absolutely. You
3: know, people yes. who were at the at the range, or even in 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 war zones or whatever, where there's things blowing up, and then just the shot of the rifle you're shooting.
0: So to give you an example, um, dangerous levels of noise are anything above like loud traffic. That's about mm. as loud as it should be before you start getting nerve damage over time.
3: Wow, and and you know, and we live in such a noisy world. I live under the the flight path of the, right? of the airplanes and oh, yeah. I remember writing a paper once for my public health degree about environmental noise and I was using the airplanes as another one. So
0: mm-hmm.
3: so traffic is kind of a normal amount and then Not, everything- it's
0: a high normal. So we want to be we want to be quieter than like loud traffic. That is the upper limits of normal. Where where you know exposure for that for a significant amount of time will give you long term hearing loss.
3: Is there any way um, uh, that people who are already we're going to talk about what you do for people when we get sure. into the clinic? But are there you know are, is there anything people can do once your hearing has started to fade?
0: So, protection from that point on. So, preserve what you've kept. There's no way to reverse nerve damage. Well, you know, we can talk about other types of hearing loss um that are reversible, but but that noise exposure type of hearing loss that's sensory neural hearing loss is not reversible. And so if you've already had some loss, I always recommend limit your noise exposure, wear earplugs, just be very careful. Um there are things that are loud that we don't think about like mowing the lawn, blow-drying your hair, things like that.
3: I actually um Somebody scared me into that. Now, scared is not the right word, but kind of made me more aware of that. And I was realizing that when I was just – we've never talked about this on the – running your home machines like a snowblower, mm-hmm. that thing was loud, yep. really loud. Yep. And the little cap I was wearing because it was cold, out wasn't cutting it. So I started putting a little earplugs in yes. my ear when I was snowblowing.
0: Great. Right. Perfect.
3: Um, I, and I had never even considered that before that 's probably a, you know, a great idea your lawnmower your leaf blower yep. your your snow blower, all that yep. stuff
0: yep all of that
3: and what about um let 's talk about some other causes then so we 've got sure. the, the the progressive loss of neurologic damage that yep. that comes um what are some other causes?
0: So there's there's basically two types of hearing loss. There's what we call conductive hearing loss, where you can't conduct sound from the outer ear to the inner ear or the nerve. And then there's the nerve hearing loss or sensory neural hearing loss. So conductive loss can be anything that blocks sound waves. So wax, fluid behind the eardrum, arthritis of the tiny bones of hearing behind your eardrum.
3: You can get arthritis of the tiny bones of your of the ear?
0: ossicles. You sure can.
3: They're a little bitty little bones. They are little bitty
0: bones. Yep. They're called uh uh. Uh, ossicles and so you can get arthritis of these ty- I mean they're bones they're just like any other bone in your in your body um, there are specific reasons why you get otosclerosis is mm-hmm. what that's called mm-hmm. um, but these conductive types of hearing loss are are typically reversible you remove the wax you drain the fluid and the hearing will come back up to normal um, as opposed to the sensory neural hearing loss which again is nerve damage and we don't just don't have the technology to to fix
3: earwax mm. what the heck is okay i'm going <laughs> this is a you know, when I went into what am I gonna go into in med school?
0: Uh-huh.
3: It was kind of a joke about, you know, when we were talking about ENT, I said, "Well, I think it's a lot of earwax and
0: boogers <laughs> and snot
3: and, right. snot and <laughs> saliva. It's all this like gross crud." Uh-huh. uh-huh. So, t- what's the what's the deal with earwax? A, uh-huh. why do we have it? B, is it important to get rid of it? And C, does it lead to
0: hearing loss? Yes. So, uh Why do we have earwax? So, earwax is normal. People think that it's a sign of being dirty and this and that. It's not. Everybody makes earwax, it does have a purpose. Um, it's supposed to trap dirt and debris in your ear canal so that it doesn't migrate all the way down to your eardrum and cause you problems. Uh, there are tiny little glands in our ear canal about halfway, you know, if you think of it, the ear canal as like a cave or a tunnel, about halfway down that cave are these tiny little glands that make wax. And that will come out on its own. It kind of migrates out with the skin of the ear canal. Um, it's, it's not a problem. It doesn't cause issues. But the people who have issues typically are the ones who use Q-tips. Mm. And I was wondering
3: stuff. if you were going to bring up Q-tips. Oh, of course I'm gonna bring up. I bet pictures. you're gonna tell us not to use it. I definitely am gonna
0: tell you not to use it. And I will tell you that if I had a dollar for every q-tip that I've taken out of somebody's ear, I probably wouldn't have to work. Really? Oh my goodness. So you're
3: fishing these things out. All the time. Just the little tips the of little them? The
0: little tips, the little cotton that comes off. Yeah. Now and the other problem with q tips, not only can a q-tip get stuck in there, but it's pushing the wax in and it's packing it in, and all of a sudden it's past the point of that of those glands. And that the the skin of the distal or the front further part of the ear canal isn't the same as the type that kind of sheds, and so once it's there, you're done. I mean, it's it's not going to come out. There. It's sitting in there, and it's right on top of your eardrum. So you pack it all in, and all of a sudden you're like wearing an earwax earplug, and you're not going to hear anything. And it can actually be very painful if it starts to push on your eardrum a little bit. And so, um, and you know, it takes me a very long time to get out in the clinic. So, so why do
3: we have those little cotton swab things? I mean, they
0: uh, are for other some other reason. Other, and if you read cleaning grout, <laughs> if you read the box, it will. Will tell you, don't put this in your ear. Really? Yeah. yeah but that's
3: what most.
2: I know we have to take a break, but what I are you supposed talk to more about that? What are you supposed to do with the earwax? Just forget about
0: it. Just yeah, it comes out on its own, Denny. Don't have to worry about it.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there goes the stock in Q-tips. <laughs> I did have a guy who's put it, was was doing it in the shower with the with a uh. Q-tip and put it through his eardrum.
0: Oh yeah, oh I've seen that all the time. Popped a hole yeah. in the eardrum oh, you know, yeah. on
3: yeah. Okay, no. we're gonna talk more about
2: that. All right. In fact, if you have any kind of a question about hearing loss, and this is your chance, this is your show. Uh, call us uh, with your question or send a text eight one eight zero seven is the text or the phone number six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. 72 degrees are predicted high today, right now on CCO 55. And welcome back to a Healthy Matters. We're talking about your hearing, hearing loss, symptoms, and causes of hearing loss. If you have a question about that, 651 989 9226. Text, meanwhile, is
3: 81807. Here again is Dr. Hilden. Thank you, Denny. We're talking to Megan McCoy, who works in the ENT department at Hennepin Healthcare. Um, as always, I like to say a few times during the show how you might get in touch with um, any of our clinicians at Hennepin. The number is 612-873-6963. 612-873-6963. If you didn't catch it that time, I'll say it again later. You can always go to hennepinhealthcare.org. HennepinHealthCare.org, and and learn all about um, the ear, nose, throat services we have. Um, where do you practice? Are you at the new building? Oh, yeah. We still call it the new building.
0: It's been a year. It's been a year. <laughs> We're going
3: to call it the new building until there's a newer one, exactly, I think. Exactly. It's um, Minnesota's most state-of-the-art uh, medical facility. Oh, I think I think I can say that with some certainty. Totally. Yeah, totally. and it's... Um, uh, not only is it nice looking, um, but it's, it's warm and welcoming. It has over 600 pieces of artwork, which is the number one thing people tell me when they go there. They say, oh, yeah, I liked my provider. Oh, yeah, I liked, <laughs> I liked it all. But, but
0: that picture. That
3: artwork. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all local artists. It was either employees or local artists with, with a couple exceptions of some bigger pieces. But anyway, beyond that, the building isn't, doesn't make good health care. It's just one piece. What makes good healthcare is great um, people that you will see: mm-hmm. um, doctors, nurses, physician assistants, nurse practitioners, physical therapists. We have we run the gamut: surgeons, all of that. So HennepinHealthcare.org. Um, I uh, tell them I sent you. It's a personal recommendation. Okay. Before we move on, I want to talk a little bit more about the Q-tip and the earwax sure. situation. So sure. people want it out for whatever reason, and you said it's normal, and you're not right. supposed to put Q-tips in there. When should somebody have a, like a professional like you take it out?
0: Yeah. So if you feel plugged, like you just can't hear. And, and typically when I say plugged and it's earwax, it kind of comes and goes. As that wax kind of moves around, some days will be better, some days will be worse. And you can, you know, squish on your ear a little bit and that'll change your hearing. Um, Or if you notice a lot of waxes coming out and you're worried that there's more in there, then that's a great time you can see. And, and the nice thing is, I mean, you can see me in ENT and that's totally fine it's a majority of what i do but even even family practice urgent care there are other facilities that that are trained to take out earwax um and they can just kind of flush it out a little bit you can take some saline or something and yeah, flush it out yeah i actually really like peroxide so mm. peroxide actually dissolves wax as as well as loosens it up um and so and they are over the counter like De-Brox is is a famous one um, that you can buy. Do you,
3: uh, are those worth a try at home? Absolutely. They're safe and all that?
0: Absolutely. Eardrops are safe. What is not safe is ear candling. That I definitely do not. Say more worry.
3: about that, could you? So
0: ear candling, well, I don't know a lot about it because I, I tell people just don't do it. Right. Um, so ear candling is, I don't know where it came from or who started it. It, it it's probably goes back a long ways where you basically take this funnel and you smoke out the ear, um, but with the with. With fire, with flame, um, the problem is is you are putting fire in your ear, um, and so I've seen severe burns um, in the ear canal and and around the ear from this type of thing. So
3: okay, we're gonna come out. That's maybe a, not such a good idea.
0: Yeah, not such a good idea.
3: All right, the heck with that. Does your hearing get better if you, when let's say somebody has a lot? Oh I mean, yeah, you take it out, they right can away. feel they feel a little right bit better right away. What other kind? You talk. We have. People on the line and we have text messages, but I'm, I want to kind of follow this train of thought if we could. What other kind of conductive sort of reversible things? You said earwax is one of them.
0: Yeah, so earwax is big fluid behind the eardrum. So um, we can get fluid behind our eardrums for a number of reasons. Infection, of course, causes fluid behind the eardrum. That's what kids get. Um, and if you've heard of kids having ear tubes, that's why we put ear tubes in. Um, these little teeny tiny tubes in the eardrum help drain fluid. Um, the the issue with fluid behind the eardrum stems from a eustachian tube problem and if you've heard of that the eustachian tube is the muscle that connects your ear and your nose so anytime you have nasal congestion or inflammation in the back of the nose it kind of closes off this muscle which is supposed to equalize pressure on both sides of the eardrum so when that happens it it creates this sort of suction behind your eardrum and fluid gets drawn in from all these surrounding tissues. Uh, and it'll plug you up because now sat your eardrum can vibrate, which is what it's supposed to do to get sound from the outside of your ear to your hearing nerve. Um, and you can feel muffled, plugged. You feel underwater. Usually you'll feel sick because you, know, you have a cold. Um, and fluid can linger for a long time. And people will come in and see me and I tell them they have fluid, and they're like, oh, I've been like this for two weeks. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. It can take up to three months yeah, for it to go away. Um, you know, I put people on nasal sprays. If it's infected, of course, we give them antibiotics. Um, but I do have the ability to drain that fluid. Um, I can make a small hole in the eardrum after some numbing medicine and kind of suck that fluid out. Like with a
3: needle? Or? With a
0: with a tiny blade, yeah. um, with yeah. a little knife. Um the, the problem is, is that hole will typically close within a week, and if you build that fluid back up again, I've really done nothing for you, which is where the tube comes in. Mm-hmm. So if you make the hole, you suck out the fluid, and you put this teeny tiny tube in, that tube stays in for about a year, comes out on its own, and any time fluid builds up, it will drain out through the tube instead of sitting behind it. Does that drum. heal
3: up after? People have asked me that, and since I'm not a pediatrician, I'm not an ear, nose, throat doctor, sure. I, you know, you put a literally a hole in the eardrum, <laughs> it sounds like a bad idea. Right. And- We're telling people, don't put Q-tips in there, because you might put a hole in
0: there, and here I am and doing here you're it on saying, purpose. Well,
3: let's put a hole in <laughs> yeah. there.
0: So uh, it heals ninety-eight percent of the time. Yeah. So two out of a hundred people, that hole will be permanent. Um, mm-hmm. It is fi- that's still mm-hmm. fixable. We can ma- we make little patches, um, and it- we could do like a minor surgery in order to fix it. But majority of people will heal, and kids—the uh, numbers even higher. Kids are such good healers. So once those tubes come out, um, those holes typically heal.
3: Should we um uh, do we have time for the yeah. phones? Yeah,
2: well, I tell you what, a couple of minutes. Let's do that. Let's uh, go to line one. Uh, Tim is calling from Roseville. Tim, what is your question? Hello, Tim
3: is a
1: Bluetooth. Um, and there's different kinds. There's kinds that sit outside your ear. There's some that go in your ear. And are they all bad or or what?
0: Hi, Tim. That's a good question. So I don't Mm -hmm. care if they're in your ear or out of your ear as long as they're not too loud. And by too loud, and I tell people the same thing with headphones listening to music, if the person next to you can Mm -hmm. hear it, it's too loud. So as long as it's at a level that's comfortable, it's not hurting Mm you, um, and somebody next to you with no headphones on can't hear it, you're fine.
3: That's actually a really good kind of practical tip because I've had that exact same question. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I have some of these noise canceling here, yeah. things, and it's like being in a concert hall. But you know, <laughs> right. I think it, it could probably be too loud, and you don't yeah. even know it, right? Um, do we have time? Or
2: we have we have about sixty seconds. Okay, to so go. What,
3: what I'm going to do then? Um, we're going to talk a lot more about hearing aids and some other things like that after the break. And we have an oodles of text messages. We're talking to Megan McCoy from the Ear, Nose, Throat Department at Hennepin Healthcare about hearing loss. I do have a couple of other things I want to mention. Um, Just get your pens ready. Um, Men, on June 20th, our Here for Health series, Thursday, June 20th, we have an event on a men's health seminar. I'll tell you more about it after the break, but get your pens ready so you can write this down. Thursday, June 20th, from 6 to 7, men's health. We're going to talk about both bladder problems, prostate problems, sexual health. That'll be at the Clinic and Specialty Center. It's free. So get your pen ready to get information about that. Men's Health, June 20th, 6 to 7 p.m.
2: Very good. We'll hear more about that. And we have about another half hour of the show to go, so uh, don't go away. Hearing loss is the topic today. Call us or text us, 651-989-9226. Uh, in the meantime, text us at 81807. In the Twin Cities, a few clouds, 55 degrees, going for 72 today.
1: Internal Medicine Physician
2: with Hennepin Healthcare, with more Healthy Matters. And good morning. Welcome to this portion of Healthy Matters. We're talking about hearing loss, symptoms, and causes of hearing loss. If you have a question about that topic, call it in or text it in. Here's our phone number before we throw it back to Dr. Hilden. 651-989-9226. Text, meanwhile, is 81807. Dr. Hilden, for those folks maybe joined us a little bit late, who did you bring with you today?
3: Thank you, Denny. Good morning, everybody. I have Megan McCoy in the studio today. She is a physician assistant in the otolaryngology department at Hennepin Healthcare. That's ENT, ear, nose, throat, to most everybody else. Um, otolaryngology is just kind of like the old term for it, I guess. Um, we're talking about hearing loss. Welcome back to the studio, Megan. Thanks. It's good to have you here. Um we're going to get to the we're going to talk a little bit about hearing aids and then we're going to go to the very large number of uh text messages and phone calls for the rest of the show um, to answer your questions. I do want to do two bits of housekeeping kind of announcement thing. The first is more just uh I want to highlight an event happening in about 45 minutes. I'll be going to it. I'm not asking you as listeners to go to it because it's happening in 45 minutes, but I want you to be aware of an organization. It's called Mile, um, A Mile in My Shoes. That is an organization. It's a running club that pairs up people who like to run with um, homeless people, people who are experiencing homelessness, as running as a way to uh, um, get to a healthier life and and to feel good about yourself and set a goal. So um, Mile in My Shoes is an organization. It's a nonprofit organization. I encourage you to go to their website, mileinmyshoes.mn, and learn about them. Maybe consider, if you're a runner, maybe you want to be one of the running mentors. If you're not a runner, maybe you want to give them a few bucks. It's a great organization. I bring it up today not only because I'm going to do a 5K about 12 minutes after this show ends, but also because Hennepin Healthcare is a sponsor. And uh, we are, are trying, um, as an organization, we, to do more than just treat people when they get into our clinic. We're trying to be a community partner. And people who are experiencing homelessness are people you know. It could be somebody, it could be your family member, it could be a friend, it could be somebody who's hit some hard times. And running has been a great way for, for um, a lot of folks to, to get to a healthier life. And so, um, mileinmyshoes.mn. Second thing that I told you earlier about the free men's health seminar this is part of our Heal here for health series that is a series that we do at our downtown clinic and specialty center they are we we they are free and open to the public where you get to learn firsthand from a medical professionals about specific topics this Thursday or it's not this Thursday but Thursday June 20th will be a men's health seminar. It's going to focus on conditions that affect many men in the U.S. It'll provide information on the signs, symptoms, latest treatment options for bladder and sexual health conditions. Dr. Travis Pagliara, who's been on this show, he's a Hennepin healthcare urologist, and he's a men's health specialist. He'll be there, and he's experienced in helping people who suffer from these things, um, sexual health issues and bladder problems in men. Um, uh, you can hear about a treatment journey from a real patient. You can learn about physical therapy. You can learn about other treatment options. It's at the Clinic and Specialty Center at Park and 8th Street in downtown Minneapolis. The event is free. It's on June 20th from 6 to 7 p.m., but we do ask you to um, uh, register so we know how many to expect. These events have been popular in the past, so you won't be alone. You can, you don't have to it, you can you can go and just sit in the room and be anonymous. It's not like it's just you and three people, you know. So um, the number, 612-873-4960. Note that's different than my usual number I give, 612-873-4960. Or go to the website at hennepinhealthcare.org slash here for health Here, the numeral four health slash for Health for a Men's Health Seminar on June 20th. Okay, Megan, back to hearing loss. I want to talk a little bit about, um, first of all, uh, well, I'll get to the hearing protection because there's been a lot of texts about what type of hearing protection to use, but I want to talk a little bit about hearing aids. Sure. How do you evaluate when someone, first of all, how do they know they should even come and be evaluated, and how is that done? And then talk a little bit about hearing aids, please.
0: Sure, so anybody who is experiencing any type of hearing loss should come and see us. Um, And it's always going to start with a hearing test. So you make an appointment for ENT, and if you tell the person making the appointment that you're here for hearing loss, they'll automatically schedule you a hearing test, which is going to be with the audiologist. So you'll come and see us, and the audiologist will take you into their booth, and they'll test your hearing. Now, if it's just your run-of-the-mill type of, you know, high-frequency hearing loss, which is what we get as we get older, um, and there's nothing atypical about the audiogram and the audiologist looks in your ears and they don't see anything abnormal, you probably won't see an ENT uh, because there's... You know, if you want hearing aids, the audiologist will dispense them for you and talk to you, you know, talk you through that process. Um, But if there is something either atypical that the audiologist sees when they look in your ears or on the hearing test that just doesn't make sense, you will automatically have that ENT appointment scheduled and you'll see one of us um, to kind of go through that with you and and decide what the best course of action is. Um, So hearing aids is typically recommended for people with, you know, your basic hearing loss not conductive, like I was talking about earlier, it's more sensory neural, the type that we can't fix, and the only really the only option is is a hearing aid. Um, and if if we decide as ENTs that your ears are safe for hearing aids, we can sign some medical clearance if that's necessary for your insurance. And then you'll meet with the audiologist. You'll go over all of your options for hearing aids because, of course, there's a ton of different kinds of hearing aids that exist. There's out of the ear, in the ear, around the ear. Um, And they'll go over the cost with you. Of course, they're not cheap. Um, And then they'll make your ear molds, they'll order them, and they'll fit you with these hearing aids. Um, And your audiologist would be the person that kind of takes care of them for you from then on out.
3: A lot of people don't like the old-style ones that are ugly.
0: Yeah. So the old style ones, though, are very powerful. And so if you have severe hearing loss, our audiologists, you know, they're, to, to dispense hearing aids, you don't need a degree to do that. Um, you can actually just get like a certificate. Um, our audiologists all have degrees, and so they're not, you know, they're not paid in compensation. It doesn't matter if you get hearing aids with us or not, and they're very honest with you. And they'll say, you know, you can get the smaller hearing aids, but you're not going to see as much benefit from it. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. they, they're very skilled at looking at your hearing tests and then kind of narrowing the field a little bit and telling you what's going to work best for your type of hearing loss.
3: We have a question about... Technology and the sure. like on the phones. Let's take that. Yeah,
2: Joan in Invergrove, Grove, I think, is on the line. Now, Joan, what is your question?
3: Well, good morning. Yes, I had a hearing test about five years ago,
1: and I was told that my type of hearing could not be helped by hearing aids. Well, that was very discouraging, so I didn't pursue the <laughs> pursue it any further. I wonder if now there are te- different technologies that could help me.
0: Hi, Joan. So. Hi. Um, There's a few, there's one thing that I'm thinking that could have showed up on your hearing test. So as our nerves start to die off as we get older, um, our brain kind of loses the ability to understand speech. So one of the things that we test on a hearing test is called word discrimination. And that's basically a number that tells me how much speech your brain is able to understand um, if it's made loud enough for you to hear it. And by by rule, if you understand less than 50% of what's being said to you, regardless of your hearing loss, hearing aids typically are not going to be a good option for you. And that's because what hearing aids do is they make things louder, but they don't make you understand it. And so it would just be amplifying white noise, and most people find that very uncomfortable. Um, If your word discrimination is very poor, uh, then we would tell people, I'm sorry, but this isn't going to be an option. If it's borderline, we usually, there's a 45-day trial period for hearing aids. I would always just recommend try it out. If you hate it, send it right back. Um, But if it does work out for you and you're one of those few people that is fine even getting 50%, then it might still be an option.
3: Thank you for that call, Joan. There are a great deal of text messages, and I'm going to try to bunch them on on topic. While we're on hearing aids. Mm-hmm. Here's one that says, My husband has had hearing loss for several years and has refused hearing aids. Mm. Just wondering if he would if he were to get them now, will his brain be able to handle the noise? I have heard that the loss can affect the brain.
0: That's exactly what I was just talking about with yeah. the with the speech discrimination. And so again, over time your brain loses this ability to understand speech. And so if that number drops then hearing aids don't become a great option. I would still recommend he come in for a hearing test. We can test him, find out what that number is. And again, if it's borderline, I would still recommend a trial of hearing aids just to see how he does.
3: Okay, we're going to take a break,
2: Danny. Yeah, let's do that. A quick break. and We have more show to come. If you have a question about our topic, hearing loss, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. I know we have a bunch of text messages, which we'll pick up on when we uh, we'll come back. In the Twin Cities 56 Degrees, we'll be right back. Good morning. Welcome back to Healthy Matters. We're talking about hearing loss. Uh, Dr. Hill, and I can see we have just a ton of text messages.
3: Yeah, we're going we're gonna to continue a little bit about hearing aids. Here is one, um, a little bit about marital harmony, I think. It, so I'm going to give this one to you, Megan. How would you suggest to handle somebody that does have hearing loss? Where's a hearing aid? However, does not wear them first thing in the morning and becomes combative when he can't hear what I'm saying, <laughs> setting the stage for tense things first thing in the morning. Now, oh Clearly, boy. I'm not asking oh you to be boy. like a marital <laughs> counselor, but there is, you know, do, are you supposed to put them in right away? Or yeah, I that?
0: mean, of course, it's patient preference. Um, I do, I, I, do not recommend wearing hearing aids at night. Um, there are some people who do because they want to hear their alarm in the morning, which you know makes sense, right? Um, but. But your ears do need to breathe a little bit. And so I always tell people, you know, take them out at night. Let your ears breathe. Let that wax come out. Um, but most of my patients who who like their hearing aids do put them in first thing in the morning because they want to be able to hear and they, and they notice a big difference. Um, a lot of patients that I see, I'll tell you, a majority – of people in my clinic are brought in by their spouses. And so I ask them, you know, how long have I had hearing loss? Well, my wife says it's been 10 years, (laughs) you know. it's. it's, I don't think I have it at all. Yeah, right, right. So I do see a a lot of that. It very often is your loved ones who will recognize this.
3: There are maybe a dozen um, text messages about tinnitus. Oh, sure. So I'm going to read you one or two of them, and we're going to talk about that topic. Um, This one, um... this one says, I have tinnitus all the time, which is only slightly annoying, but don't seem to have any hearing loss. Should I see an ENT? And then here's another one that says, I think I have tinnitus more strongly in my right ear. I always hear a very high-pitched tone. What can I do? There are more, but sure. let's – um. Let's talk a little bit about tinnitus.
0: Yeah, so tinnitus is a very common problem. It's estimated that 30 million Americans have tinnitus, myself included. Um, and it's this tinnitus is is kind of an umbrella term that just means noise in the ear. Um, for most people, it's a high pitched ringing, but uh, for other people, it might be like a swishing or a wind type of noise, or even a pulsing. Any type of abnormal noise in the ear should be evaluated with a hearing test because it could indicate a problem. Uh, majority of cases are benign, and and like that person said, it's just annoying. Um, I see tinnitus all the time. Uh, the problem is, is we don't really know what causes it. It is associated with a high-frequency hearing loss, but not always. I do not have any hearing loss, and I've had tinnitus for years. Um, and so, you know... Because we don't know what causes it, we don't have a great treatment, which can be very frustrating for patients when they come in thinking that they're going to get a solution and, and for me to make this noise go away. For most people, it bothers them at night when they're trying to sleep. You know, during the day, you don't notice it. You're up, you're walking around, you're working. It's not really bothering you. And then you try and lay down at night and all you hear is this this ringing. Um, What the recommendation is for that is some masking, uh, which is basically putting a fan or the TV, a white noise machine, something, some sort of background noise to kind of take your focus, your brain's focus away from that ringing um, and will help you sleep better at night. But unfortunately, there's no medication that can get rid of it. There's no surgery that can get rid of it. Um. Every once in a while, we'll get a hearing test uh, that shows an abnormality that that needs to be addressed. Or if you have other symptoms like dizziness, um, or other type of, of abnormalities, then it could indicate a different type of problem.
3: Great. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, hearing protection because there's a bunch of text messages um, about what can you the various types of earplugs. Yeah. Um, one of them talked about the little spongy orange ones versus the wax. I'm not going to read your, the text because there's a lot of them, but sure. it, they all get down to those wax ones or the, or the little spongy, spongy ones, ones yeah. or what else?
0: So I like the spongy ones. That's what I, we have them in our clinic. That's what I give oh, away. Well, they fall to out. You got to use them right. So oh. most people don't know how to use them. Um, I think that'd be me. So uh, to, I'll try and explain it, but. But I think there's pictures on the box. I mean, you have to twist it really, really tight and get it all the way in. And you're not going to hurt anything. It's not going to rupture your ear. That is
3: one of the textures. Does it have the same problem as a Q-tip?
0: Great question. It does not uh, because it's not long enough. You know, a Q-tip, think about how long these little earplugs are versus the length of a Q-tip. Um, but you got to squish it up all the way, get it all the way in. You should not be able to see any of it just by looking at somebody. It should just barely be coming out of the ear canal. Um, and that's the proper way to use it so that it doesn't fall out. I like those. Um, the, what about those wax kinds? You know, the wax ones, they're okay. I will tell you from my experience, they can melt and I've had to dig them out of people's ears more than once. I've taken out quite a number. Well,
3: what, what, are people living in a blast Wait, furnace I here, where they I melt in their Yeah, ear?
0: yeah. And And I recently just it was one of our med students actually at Hennepin that came to me and she had put this that, you know, the wax earplug in and she could not get it out. And I'm like out of her ear canal, which is obviously not comfortable. So I'm not a I'm not opposed to them. I think it's better than nothing if you need an earplug and that's all you have. I think most of the time it's fine. Um, But I really I do really like those little orange spongy ones.
3: Here's a. There's several texts about using water to clean out your ears, and I'll read one of them here that says this. I've read an article that recommended um, keeping your ears clean of wax by showering and directing the water into your ear and then shaking your head to drain the water and the wax out. Is this safe, and should we be concerned about the temperature and pressure of the water entering the ear? Um, and that's one question about that. And then there is another one that talks again about is it is it okay to – Squirt water in there on your own.
0: Yeah. So I like the shower idea. What I typically tell people is put a little bit of peroxide or that debrox that we were talking about earlier. Uh, a couple drops each ear. Squish it around. Get in the shower. It should be lukewarm water. Um, if it's too hot, it will burn you. And if it's too cold, it will make you very dizzy. So aim the shower head at your ear. It will flush out that, that peroxide and the wax will come with it. Um, I would not recommend shaking your head afterwards i don't think that's necessary i don't want you to get dizzy or hit your head on something um, the pressure of your shower is not going to be too strong. I mean, it's not like a fire hose coming out of that. So uh, I'm fine with that. And, and squirting water in your own ear is also okay. Um, that's, I mean, that's what they do in, in primary care to get wax out. Again, the temperature is important. Make sure that it's, it's lukewarm, not hot, not cold. Um, and if you are not getting any luck or if you're getting dizzy, then I'd have a professional do it.
3: Okay, a couple more questions here. This one that just starts out by saying, elephant in the room how do family members convince those who need hearing aids Uh,
0: yeah especially
3: when insurance doesn't cover it
0: it's very hard i mean i've witnessed i sometimes i feel like a marriage counselor in my clinic because i've witnessed arguments that happen in front of me um where the patient doesn't want them and the spouse does um it's it's tough and they are expensive i mean you know the kind of the bottom line hearing aids are about a thousand dollars each so we're talking you know for each year for each year So we're talking 2000 for like kind of the bottom.
3: And isn't it true that people don't always know what you're missing? You you think of like, I'm doing okay. I
0: know. That's a a lot of times we see that. And that's why we have this 45-day trial. And so I always interject in these arguments and say, you know, why don't you just try them? You got 45 days. You hate them. Send them back. But if you like them, you might not know what you're missing.
3: We've been talking about hearing and hearing loss. There are many more questions um, that we were not able to get to, but we are out of time. Megan McCoy works in our ear, nose, throat clinic. She's a physician assistant. She sees patients in clinic. She works in the operating room and and, uh, in surgery. Uh, If you want to see an ear, nose, throat um, clinician, if you want to get a hearing test, it's all kind of a one-stop shop kind of a deal. Um, There's some texts about, who do I see, an audiologist or an ENT? We have them all in the same clinic. Mm -hmm. The number for that is 612-873-6963, or you can always go to hennepinhealthcare.org. Megan, thanks for being on the show.
0: Anytime. Thanks it's for having great me. Great having yeah. you on.
3: Um, uh, we'll have you on again in the future. Uh, I can always tell when a topic is resonating with listeners by, is this computer screen in front of me? It's scrolling with <laughs> it's text It's loaded, messages. yes.
2: We'll do this again.
3: So we'll have sure. to do another show in the near future. What's um, the
2: next week's show?
3: Uh, uh, that's a really good question, Danny. I think I'm going to do an open line show. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll do, do, do that. All show. right.
2: Uh, we hope you join us then. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to be back here yeah, next uh, Sunday morning at seven thirty. Your money is straight ahead.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest five G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. It's